When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brad House here for the Work Forward Podcast right here on the Bakery Network. You are live and in charge right here on the Bakery Network. I'm sitting here in my workshop, my studio. If you're not familiar with what the Makery Network is, it's full of buttery audio that comes straight into your eardrums right from makery.network or your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, you name it, it's available to you for free, made by bakers, for bakers, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about our sponsors for today's show, Empire Abrasives, EmpireAbrasives.com, the best abrasives out there you can get your hands on. They are a family-run business out of New York. And uh, good folk over there. And uh, also, I'd like to talk about Isotunes. Isotunes Audio at Instagram. You can find them, Isotunes Audio, or go to their website, Isotunes.com, and you can find yourself some Isotune headphones. You got some PPE for your ears, and you will protect yourself while you're working in your workshop and studio. And then also, we've joined on one more sponsor because why the hell not? Our very own Housemade Incorporated. That's right, Housemade. Brian House over at Housemade has sponsored the Work For It podcast with his 2x72 belt grinder kits and plans. You can find them at housemade.us. That's right. Anyhow, all right. <coughs> all right, we got that out of our system now. <laughs> so, what's happening, Benjamin? What? How you doing? Up. I am good. I think you'd. Turned into a famous baseball announcer there. 
I, was, I grew up near Chicago, you know, Harry Carey, <laughs> come call the game. You know, I it's one it. of those things, Robin Yount from the Milwaukee Brewers gave me the finger one time. It was terrible. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? Is he is he still alive, Harry Carey? Harry Carey, no, he's dead. No, I didn't think so. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah he's he's long gone. But <laughs> even uh, older than no, dirt. gotta love Harry Carey, man. Absolutely. Oh gosh, we um, in Pennsylvania, I can remember we would get Chicago baseball games. It was like what played on the network, you know, because because you got which, WGN, right? Yeah, which always kind of surprised me and pissed me off because they only watched the Pirates. <laughs> yeah. But WGN for some reason would huge. was was like an affiliate. It was like one of the first local TV stations to kind of go out as an affiliate and just start okay. you know blasting out to you know selling their stuff because I, I I've heard this from more than one person about the Cubs games. You know everybody okay. oh, man yeah. I used to watch the Cubs. You know people out in Texas and everywhere else watch the Cubs play because that's yeah, what was yeah. on. Yeah, it's kind so. of strange. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, though, if they're blasting out as a big network affiliated or whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Fun. I don't even know if WGN is around anymore. I think it is. I think it's still like a cable affiliate. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I worked know. in the TV industry when we actually had an antenna. Okay. So we would broadcast with an antenna, and it was – Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that blew my mind when I became a TV technician, I um, we, we would go out to the to the broadcast tower, and the tower was like essentially, you know, if you can imagine, it's a big steel tower that broadcast our signal out to the world, um, and then the 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 electronics would have to be serviced from time to time. Sure. And what servicing meant was you would literally walk into the transmitter. So the transmitter was like a big room. You would walk into it. We would power everything down and we would pull the the big um, electronic circuit boards off the wall, unplug them. And then we would take them outside and hose them down and scrub them down because they would get uh, full of dust and, you know, crap or whatever. Yeah. And I just remember that was my first epiphany working with electronics going, you know what? You can get them wet all you want as long as there's no... Yeah. Electricity right. going through them. Nothing yeah. conducted, you know. So, um, you know, later down the road, you know, that's that when you would drop your phone somewhere, the first thing you would do is unplug the battery, you know, get rid of all the powers in, in <laughs> yeah, hopes right. that, that you would could resurrect the phone or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. Big scrub brush, soapy water, you know, scrubbing these huge scrubbing PCBs. Away. Yep, that's, yep. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's cool. We've come a long way, haven't we? It's you know, just thinking about the some of those old broadcast methods, and now everything's just completely wireless. And I just, can you imagine if Harry Carey had a podcast? Ooh, hey, everybody right? out there! <laughs> yeah, Harry Carey dot com. <laughs> Go over and listen to my podcast. He'd be drunk ninety oh, percent of the time. Yeah, drinking for sure. and podcasting. Yeah, he'd have a blast <laughs> with that. He—that's the only thing he liked to do was watch baseball and drink. Drink, yeah, exactly. And talk about it. Talk about baseball. Yeah. You, yeah, you wonder if a guy like that, you know, th there are those that 
are really like stat hounds. And I wonder if, if he was, oh, yeah. or if he was just no, an he announcer. Was. Yeah. He, he knew his stuff. I mean, when you, that's why I think why he was so lovable was because he was right, kind of like right. a drunk who could pull off any, you know, have you ever met these guys who are like, Oh yeah, that was so-and-so and his RBI was this and that. And the other thing, I mean, they know every stat yeah. for, for 20 years. That was, that was him, you know, and super entertaining too. So, you know, yeah, he yeah, really, you know, and it's just, it just he was a character, and that was kind of the neat part about it. Whether you and liked him or unlo- didn't like him or whatever, it was like that. I was don't the know point. anybody that didn't like Carrie Carey. <laughs> I know, and, you know, yep. and then Will uh, Farrell did the impression of Harry Carey on Saturday yeah. Night Live, I think, and yep. resurrected him and kind of made him, you know, legendary. a well-known, uh, legendary figure. So, hey, what? So tell me, what you got going on in your workshop this week? Man, it's it's been busy. I'm finishing up a uh, finishing up a build for a client, uh, a little project I did with another maker here in town who I do some work with him a fair bit anymore. Um, he gets quite a few inquiries and gets quite a few jobs, and he's got a pretty good full time business. Heart of Timber is the name of it here in Boise. Makes a lot of river tables. And mostly he makes tables, but when he gets requests for other things, uh, that are, you know, either more advanced or, uh, outside the norm, <clears throat> he'll often reach out to other makers in the community, which is kind of cool. Um, and he seems to lean on me quite a bit. So I got a build to make a little media table. I guess you'd call it a table media stand, I guess is probably more, more the uh, definition, but a couple of shelves, a little weird triangular design on the sides, which is a little different and kind of kicked my ass for a little while, but I think I got ahead of it now. (laughs) Um, Was this the one you were telling me about that? It was you, you failed to see the critical dimension. I failed. Yeah. So I got, you know, got to the end and got to the finish line and then reviewing back through notes. And, you know, it's kind of interesting when you make something for somebody else, um, dimensions really matter, right? Oftentimes if you're making it for yourself and it's like, ah, shit, it's an inch too big. Well, we'll make it work. But some folks have those very critical dimensions and, and a critical dimension was the overall width of the piece, which was 26 inches. And, uh, I completely ignored that and simply read the statement after it that said they would prefer it as small as possible. And so I used my own judgment as to what that meant. <laughs> and it was about nine inches bigger <laughs> than, <laughs> than their opinion. We would so. like this as small as possible. All right. So I built it 30 feet long. <laughs> right. And it's... 28 inches thick. It's like, well, it, proportionally, uh, but like working with triangles is weird. And I, I don't, I've not built many things that have a triangle incorporated into it. And this okay. was sort of a design element. So if you imagine just a simple bookshelf, you know, the, a box bookshelf, but on either side, the sides that support the shelves, they wanted triangles and they wanted them laying flat same you know uh, orientation as the shelf itself and the shelf would sit on top of the triangle and so and and actually protrude out from the corners of the triangle to make you know an additional shape look on the side so really kind of a strange thing 
yeah, by the time sound like it would make sense it, it sounds it's ugly almost as hell <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would you could even see the triangle because if it's laying yeah. inside you're kind of looking at the the top you just it. see the points basically so the ah. three points stick out from the side and and the, you know oh, obviously I see. okay if you didn't have them sticking out yeah why why use a triangle they they wanted the points to stick out and so in the so they had a critical overall width uh of 26 and then they had a minimum dimension on the inside which was an 18 and a half inch wide mm. shelf and so by the time you take 18 and a half out of 26, you don't have much left to put two triangle, you know, a triangle on either no. side. So None triangles ended up like three and a half inches. So they're really, really wide, but not very tall. <laughs> so. so, so did you fix it and it's, it's going to be okay? Yeah, or? I think it's, it'll go out the door tomorrow. So, uh, get hey, some finish right. on it tonight and it'll go out. But, you know, this always something, it seems uh with those commissions and with builds for other people it's just always there, there's always something down the line that just kicks my ass makes me wonder why the hell i do it <laughs> yeah you just got to stop building for other people and just start building for yourself like finishing yeah. a kitchen project you know you, that, you know, like yeah that. That, that could i mean i'm busting yeah. your chops a little bit Did about my wife that, call you, know, you? <laughs> I, I was just gonna say your wife contacted me we have we're now right. in cahoots Ben, get off your ass yeah. and start making the kitchen. Finish oh, the kitchen, man. would you? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? you You're like, listen, up your... I have to, I have to, I have to film every single piece of this and put it up on Instagram <laughs> right. thirty seconds at a time. Don't rush. Exactly. Me. Just I, this is this is this is my my doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you what. What's that that saying? Is like my. I really wish my wife would just let me do the, the, the work that I need to do and stop bugging me every six months about it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it is It is amazing. Well, number one, it's amazing how tolerant wives can be. Uh, but number two, it, it is amazing how a, a project of your own can just drag on, you know? It's just yeah. unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Sarah says this phrase to me all the time. Why don't we just hire that out? You, know, you, <laughs> right? you don't yep. need to be doing yep. this. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like, this is going to cost like 400 bucks and I could probably get it done for like $300. You know? Exactly. Like I, I have this whole weird, you know, thing about And you about get six new tools out. out of it. And <laughs> Exactly. So now I've got all the tools that I'll only use probably one other time in my entire lifetime. And... Uh, I get the, you know, I get the kudos. That's the thing about being yeah, a man, yeah. right? You're like, when it anybody is. comes to the house, like the first thing you go, well, I see that cabinet over there. I did that. And, you know, yep. increase yep. the size of this over here. And, you know, I plumbed <laughs> yeah. that over there. Let me show you the garage real quick. Right. Have yep. you ever seen, have you ever seen these ceiling hangers? Listen, I, I, I was sponsored on YouTube to put up. Exactly. Yep. Like, I'm not kidding you. Some, some, uh, what's the name of those? Those, you know, what I'm talking about those grid oh, yes. ceiling things. Yep, they yep. sponsored me. Okay, and I, and I said, uh, they they contacted me. Said, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "Well, I just moved into a house, and I could use like six of those yeah. big things." And they sent me like eight of them, and then nice. they sent me a whole bunch more for God. What's the name of that? I can't I remember. I can picture them though. Yeah. They just mount to the yeah. ceiling, right? And you, They're the ones that awesome. show like the Rubbermaid bins in them all the time. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and they're put your adjustable. Canoe up here. 
Yeah, yeah. you could sleep in there. I mean, you can oh, climb nice. up there and sleep in there. It's it's Who it'll hold it? oh. it'll hold a human body. Jackman, Paul Jackman, Jackman works on mm-hmm. YouTube. He built a similar thing, I guess, in his last shop. Now he's moved up to Maine or someplace in New England. But he's the uh, guy that like photoshops his head real big. Right? <laughs> yeah, which is like a lot of people don't even realize it. You know, it's the best. But- it it's is the best. Brilliant. The guy it's is... the, he sometimes he does it just enough to where you're not uh-huh. really sure if he yeah. did it or not. Yep. And those are my favorite because you have <laughs> to look at them for a while and you have to go <laughs> like, did he is it? legit cut his own head out and then increase like scale the size of his own head and exactly. then photoshop it back into the photo and then when he's you a realize big human. that ha- he's a big human but his yeah. head is not that big. I mean it's, No. Uh-uh absolutely brilliant it's hilarious and it's yep. brilliant well he does all reclaimed right so his big his big thing is pallet wood and so he oh, yeah. you know and most people you know you get to a point where you start thinking about pallet wood and it's like ah fucking pallet wood I, god if it, you know i think every woodworker goes through that phase which that that's an interesting topic sometime is That exists in the woodworking world, right? Where we work with shit. We work with garbage wood for years before some guys work with pine and, and, you know, pallet wood their whole woodworking career. Is there an equivalent in metalwork? You like, you work with shit metal? Yeah, well, I guess mild steel. But mild steel is still pretty good steel. I mean, it's good for building lots of things there's not a lot of shits i mean the equivalent okay so the equivalent would be what you said the other day you're like you go to uh like a like a thrift store and you buy an old bed or you bed buy frame. an old yeah. old metal shelf and then you you know you kind of cut there that up to to make it work i mean there's metal yeah. everywhere you know you can right like uh it's like on the side of the roads you know there's people that throw away stuff um like the other yeah. day i picked up a um somebody had run over a stop sign and it just oh. obliter- obliterated the sign, but the post was good. Like, you know, uh-huh. the post was still pretty good. I went out there and I grabbed it. I'm like, I'm going to do something with this thing. You know, I don't yeah. know what, Hell but yeah. it's it's kind of cool. You know, I get this big, yep. long piece of steel now. So nice. Yeah, that does yeah. happen. People do that. I have, I have thought about pallet wood a lot because there's, I'm mm-hmm. in an industrial park here. There's pallets yeah. everywhere on the side of the road. There's pallets yep. you, and they're all hardwood. It's like Brazilian, exactly. whatever. I don't even know what it is. It's all oak. It all the depends. Processing yeah. time. That's processing it. Time. See, and, and Paul, um, for the most part, he, you know, some guys will try to pull the nails, and they'll build those, you know, uh, lever leverage based uh, things that'll pull it apart. You know, like a big ass fork, and but they use the screw uh, nails, whatever those are called, ring shank nails, and so the fucking nails aren't coming out. Um, and then you can never be sure that you got them all. So you got magnets, but what Paul, I believe what he does, what I've seen him do on his videos anyway, he just cuts them straight down. You know, he'll, he'll cut where the supports are. So he ends up with shorter pieces, but it's much quicker. You just run a circular saw and makes sense. Leave the nails there, leave the middle support braces, just take the slats, you know, and away you go. So you get a shorter piece, but you get um, clean wood, guaranteed. And then he does a ton of glue ups, man. I mean, he'll he'll plane it down and join it down, and and you know turn. 
a thousand 10 inch boards into a sheet of plywood or something crazy, you know, <laughs> I've watched the, the process he goes through and I'm, I'm, it stresses me out just to watch yeah. the, um, the literally uh, like the five hour, it must take him five, 10 hours just to process it all and then glue it all up. And I get it. I mean, it's beautiful when he's done. So, yeah. and I think he turned something that was going to get thrown away into a beautiful thing. So yep. I, I love it. Support for the following passion comes from Lexus, celebrating the obsessions that drive us to go all in. From enthusiasts of all different spaces. My name is Ashley Yee. I am from Los Angeles, California, and I am a foodie. <laughs> to me, food isn't simply stuff people eat when they're hungry. It's inventive, it's delicious, and I love how food is sort of a catalyst that brings people together. Ashley started posting food photography on social media during college, pioneering the food blogging space by just being herself. Creating something that's interesting, beautiful, and quirky, I think that's what sets you apart. I think as soon as you are gonna be yourself unapologetically, that's when people will really resonate with you. And she believes passion is the key to success. Passion creates excitement. I think it's the fuel that really inspires and drives people to their goals. At Lexus, they've gone all in on their passion, designing a pure sports sedan, the new Lexus IS. Designed to look as thrilling as it is to drive. Learn more at Lexus.com slash IS. It's like that Wobi Wobi Designs Wobie. guy in LA. Yeah, same he deal. Does the same thing with skateboards. And yep. and it's just fascinating. That table it's, he made that was huge. Yeah. All of the That all was of for the a charity, I think. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, and I guess maybe I'm just not that kind of person, you know, at some level. I just um my tolerance level for tedium <laughs> is just yeah, not I'm there, you. you know? Yeah, like I, I just I do it. give me a fucking sheet of plywood. I'm not gonna try to this, make it out of popsicle sticks. <laughs> this is the reason why I love working with steel and welding. <laughs> Because yeah. I can take two things and join them together in a matter of seconds. Like I can right. just go and and it's yep. it, it's you can't See, pull it apart. It's there. It's solid. It's never going anywhere. And I love that about working with steel. That's, There's just something that's about That's why it. I go through so much CA glue in my shop, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> just a bunch is that of that, that look in your eye? Is that what that's it that is? You got the you got the CA glue eyes where you're just like, well, I'm all strug out on the CA glue. Right. You know, well, I've, I so I, and glue. I, uh, <laughs> I I started using this, uh, you know, using super glue, and and uh, folks like Starbond are great super glue, and then there's um from Fastcap, they make big bottles of their super glue. I don't remember what the hell it's called, but um, it's really nice as a temporary hold, but it's actually got quite a bit of strength depending on how you're using it. You know, if you're going end grain to end grain it's not going to hold very well but edge grain or side grain to side grain it actually does um and so i'll often use it just in an assembly to quickly instead of a clamp or whatever hold something there then get a nail or a screw in it i went through a phase where an izzy swan is another maker on youtube who's just a mad scientist of a woodworker um he's the guy that made that tapered jig with yes. the table saw that yeah. scary ass thing. <laughs> and he turns a bowling ball on the table saw, uh-huh. like just crazy shit. But he uh he had a video one time where where he was talking about using using hot glue gun, right? For essentially the same thing. If you're just making a yeah. quick jig and it has to hold for 10 seconds, just hot glue it together. You know, don't yep. waste your time, move on. That I love hot glue. That mode of working is um 
that's probably my favorite way to work, right? You just come out here, you have an idea, and it doesn't necessarily have to last until your grandkids can play with it. You know, just right. it's going to solve a problem right then and there, and you move on. <laughs> I've sat in plenty of chairs that are 100 years old that still had the original glue in them. You know, yeah. when they were gluing them back with pine tar and all the other right. shit they were using. Hide back glue then. and yep, 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 yep for yeah. sure. One of the one of my Fun. favorite things, the tools that I have in my shop is the my Ryobi uh, hot glue gun. It's it's battery. I've operated. heard of that the, thing. You're right. Yeah, it was on clearance at Home Depot. Paid like twenty dollars <sighs> for it, and I'd already had all the batteries yeah. and everything. So, yep. and and you click that thing on, and it's totally cordless and you can that's it, what i've it heard gets hot real it's quick kick-ass tool kick-ass tool and that's that's huh. what leads me into the topic of today's yes. podcast which is the what is the one Batman. thing one thing mm. on your christmas list this year that you, you threw a curve in there must have that for yeah. your workshop what that curveball threw me the one thing I like that yeah, though. I like how, how we're doing that. You know, I, Santa can only bring one thing to you. I mean, that's it. Not, it can be that's about all anybody probably gets, right? I mean, we've not been that good. If if you're out breathing metal dust or wood dust, you, you're not probably deserving of much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> or you piss your wife off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> right? you, you got skipped over. <laughs> yeah. Here's the bag of coal you ordered, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, wait a minute. I made your damn It'll sleigh. be on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. So what's your uh, one thing? You have a, you have a, the one thing on your Christmas oh, list that you want? It, uh, you know, I for me, it's probably a bandsaw. And and I've been, been wanting to upgrade the bandsaw for a while now. Rocking the old nine-inch, I think it is, Craftsman. And so I'd love to have a big old... You know, like your 18-inch bandsaw or something of that variety. I use it so much. And, uh, yeah, that, that's my one thing. So, for sure. Uh, so, a larger bandsaw. And yeah. um, do you have a brand in mind? Like, do you have a hmm. – Because I know you've been – you you get approached by brands to do stuff like for Instagram. Is there anybody mm -hmm. you could reach out to? I, yes, actually. And, and, and it, there may be one in the works. So we're, we're kind of waiting oh. to see if Santa will provide in a way, I guess. Oh, but, um, I like this. So I worked with Harvey Woodworking uh, on my table saw. Yeah, and that was, table saw. man, un, unreal. Just an unbelievable tool. Uh, and it was a new tool for them. And so it was kind of a neat, you know, really cool timing. Um, it's the only video I have on YouTube that actually is doing anything right now. I think it's. That's a great video. That's the first one I watched. Oh, it's cool. Got a, lot of, a lot of views on it, too. Yeah, it's climbing. It's up over 3,200 or something, I think. So that was kind of neat to see that. And and I, I've been needing to make a review video of that same saw. And, and I keep telling myself, like, find the damn time. Obviously, people are interested. Yeah. <laughs> And, so, and your thumbnail's great because I think I clicked on it because I'd never had heard of Harvey before. Yeah. So that was yeah. like what I, I, you know, you have a nice thumbnail and it shows off the, uh, it, what is that style of table saw? Is that kind of like a cabinet saw? Cabinet like what's saw. the name of that? 
Yeah, cabinets. Yeah. And yep. it's it's the same standard design, right, that everyone yeah. has, but it's yep. blue and it's got a, a bigger table on it. There's a lot of different options on it. So it's like, yeah, I was interested in that. And that was when you and I first started talking because I was like, I don't even know anything about you. So right. I want to go, you know, watch your stuff yeah. and, and learn about you. And that was the first video. So excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. You know what you could do? Here's 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 what YouTube loves. All right. YouTube, lo- YouTube loves the follow up video so like you make this video about assembling the table the saw and using it or whatever initially but then you say like six months later here's my review you know kind of thing and title it that way because you had time with it now yeah yep that's exactly what i was thinking is that uh, it'll be not well it will have been nine months it is nine months right now today or in you know in this moment and so plenty of time to to actually give a uh you know an actual thoughtful review which is what I would prefer to do. And I think it's, I don't know, it's been neat getting to know that company and getting to know the folks there as well as their products. The, you know, what What I realized really quickly is that they were the OEM manufacturer for, for dozens of saws, uh, oh. you know, that, that you never knew about, but Harvey or who they were before they became Harvey made saws for Delta and they made saws for uh, Rigid and they even made some of the very earliest saw stop saws, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And it was a really neat chance just before he retired. um, Mark Strayler is his name. He was the, the president of Harvey uh, and, one of the few people that lived over here in the States. And so I got a chance to get to know him and chat with him. And it was really cool just chatting with him uh, as he told the story about SawStop and their technology. And when it came out, SawStop approached everybody about getting that technology in other saws, right? But like the cartridge, you could put yeah, it in another saw. So, they, you know, they say, well, we've got this flesh-sensing stuff, we we'd love for you to put it in your saw. However, their stipulation was that your saw then became a saw stop. You could no longer be a Delta Unisaw. You were now a saw stop. And so that was potentially a decision, right? If they had changed that and licensed the technology instead of requiring everybody to come to them and play ball under their under their name, it probably would be a completely different landscape for all saw technology. <laughs> Something tells Today. me they would have sold a lot more. Right. You know, well, that's my thought too. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If you license yeah. the tech. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, because yeah. we may now, we may see it on miter saws today and jigsaws and God knows yeah. what else. Sure. Um, but it's kind of cool. So yeah, I would love a Harvey uh, bandsaw, but. I'm also not that choosy. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, well, maybe maybe somebody that listens to the podcast it works over at one of our other uh, tooling companies go. and is willing to do that because that's how I got my Grizzly and um, I paid you know not full price but I got a de- yeah. decent deal on it from yeah. them and and it's because I do the social media thing so yeah it was awesome yeah uh, I actually have a weird. Uh, a new experimental sort of tool that I want on my list. And, mm. and in fact, uh, spoiler alert, it showed up yesterday. So, oh, it um, did. Nice. Yeah. 
the yeah. the downside is is that it was damaged. So it was oh, completely shit. What is with the shit. shipping lately? Well, yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you what it is first. So it's um it's an induction forge, which I'm sure you nice. know what an induction cooktop is, right? You know, I like do. you can cook. Yep. Well, they make these coils that go off the front of these big devices that will heat up steel and allow mm-hmm. you to forge not using um, you know, propane or any sort so of um, cool. carbon fuel. Yeah, yeah. So I I uh, you know, a lot of hemming and hawing and there's a Facebook group called Induction Forges. So I started watching all their stuff and a buddy of mine is in there, uh, Derek, and he's like, you know, I'm watching him do videos on literally taking a, a, a one inch bar and heating it up in like 10 seconds to forging oh, uh, nice. temperature, which is, is Gosh, that's crazy. And, uh, yeah. 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 So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to invest in this technology and play with it and also make uh youtube videos about it because you know Hell alex yeah, Steele has one and he he plays with his a little bit but it, it's yeah. you know i don't know how much he's doing with it or whatever i think it's just easier for him to throw stuff in a forge because it just makes sense right. it's what it's he's there. been doing for a long time it makes but, a sexier uh, so video santa on his way over here must have uh, been drinking or something and dropped it a few times <laughs> I, I don't know sled. <laughs> son of a bitch i'll tell you i was so i was so excited i'm like pulling it out uh this morning oh man i don't bet big wooden crate now get this the wooden crate is totally fine there's nothing huh. wrong with the crate oh on the that's inside weird. it looks like there it looks like what had happened was the crate had been dropped from like 10 feet oh, and it landed yeah. in such a way where it didn't damage the crate it just damaged it what was inside the so inside everything was shattered on the inside oh. so uh good news is the company i purchased it through um they're totally easy about it. Sent me a label, send yeah. it back. We'll send you a new one. No problem, but nice. not the way it again. So, so yeah, that's comparably or, you know, look, looking price wise, how does a induction forge compare to a propane? I mean, propane forges and stuff you can build or buy fairly cheaply, right? Yeah. You can definitely buy or build a propane forge. I have one that they're about 250 bucks for a propane okay. forge. If you have one built or made. Yeah. Um, and then the, the cost of the induction forge, I paid about, I think it was about 1500, $1,400 shipped okay. for this. Uh, yeah. and then of course you have to add on like a TIG cooler to keep the thing from, you know, imploding right. on itself and getting hot. There's like, like there's addition. You, you're going to have like, Probably seventeen hundred bucks, you know, invested. Okay. Uh, you know, so well, potential you, savings, right? Well, I mean, time that, wise I mean, is one yeah. for sure. Well, time is a big one, but I also don't have great ventilation in my my shop. I, oh, I have true. So if I want to forge, I have to roll all my stuff out front, and and then right out front of my shop is essentially like a thoroughfare. You know, there's a lot of people okay. driving through here all the time. So I'm out there forging and heat treating and I right. draw, I draw a crowd and it's, yeah you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't like, want to be watched. I don't like want ye old blacksmith over it. Oh, Hey, what are you something? doing over there? Oh, I saw that you had it's like nine o'clock on a Tuesday videos. night. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> trying to film this thing. Yeah. And I'm, you know, meanwhile, I'm trying to heat treat a knife and I'm, you know, making sure that <laughs> right. I got right temperatures People and I in got your Joe Schmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and they're walking into my shop. People are just right. shameless. It's it's like you're not allowed in there. There's a lot of sharp, dangerous things in there. Right. You don't come in here. Um, and forget about it. If I want to have my door open, if I want to have my door open, yeah. it's just like people are walking by, and I don't even oh. know what the hell they're doing over here. But it's it's yeah. there's a lot of people with way too much time on their hands. I think no doubt. 
So I'm looking to I'm looking to forge <laughs> with having my door locked, which is which right. Would be great. Um, is, so this well, will solve that problem. That's cool, and and all based on electric, right? So you yeah, you you've got is silent, it's quiet. That's yeah, quiet. You, yeah, you know, for not the most that part's quiet. You know, I mean, a forge is is loud, but that's kind of one of the cool freaking things about a forge you know the, the roar <laughs> but it's cool yeah. until it's not yeah but you're, yeah, you're right and it's just a annoying lot of people it's complain like, about the sound they, they you, you like one of the things that you read about in these induction forge groups is they're like i can't believe it's like quiet and it doesn't generate yeah. all the off-gassing that a propane forge does and yeah so i'm excited to get it and but you got yeah. a coil right so i'm thinking the, on, on the end and I and I actually looked one up when you mentioned it the other day, and and it so it's like almost like a big pigtail coil that mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to heat has to fit inside of there. Does it have to make contact with it? Right, I doesn't have to it. make contact. It, it it has to slide between. So you know, induction uses magnetic forces to excite okay. the molecules yep. and steel, and that's essentially all it does. And and so yeah. they don't have to touch. Uh, but it does have to be within a certain space. There's like a certain, okay. I don't even, I don't know tolerance. enough about it yet, but it's, yeah, tolerances have to be fairly tight, like, you know, quarter inch, you know, a few yeah, millimeters yeah. is about right. And then, uh, and then of course, if you, I, I assume you watched a couple of videos to see mm-hmm. like how it heats up the steel yeah, and how did, quickly. Yeah. It is fascinating. I was just caught up. It's I, like, I oh, started watching stuff on it and it was great. Shit, it just starts glowing and you're like, what? Yeah, it's not doing it. It's you're just <laughs> holding know. it, and it's glowing. You know, the fact that, that, that that's like shit that I don't know, like like that's shit you'd see on cartoons, right? Like I'm gonna use a fucking yeah. magnet to heat up the inside yeah. of whatever this thing is, you know, excite the molecules, or <laughs> it's yeah, like what the it. fuck? Get out of here! Get out of here! This doesn't exist. <laughs> it does exist. You. You're not gonna yeah. heat up any <laughs> molecules. Like it's a microwave. <laughs> go go heat up your your hot pocket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what we ought to do. We ought to throw something in the induction, yeah. fridge, heat it up, and like cook something on it. How long can? How it. long does it take to cook a hot pocket? <laughs> oh <my laughs> Be the God. first video. Oh no no. You know what you do is you put a, like a hot pocket around a piece of steel and then you <laughs> yeah. shove it through there so the steel heats <laughs> right. up and it heats it up from the inside. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Well, so we reached out to the audience and we said, hey, what's yeah. the one thing on your Christmas list? And so I'm going to try to get through these as fast as possible and um, cool. and comment on some of them. So Rob O'Grady, he says he needs a 2 by 72 belt grinder. Which mm-hmm. is uh, every workshop needs a two by seventy two belt grinder. In fact, they need a revolution two by seventy two belt grinder. The revolution, uh, Mac Mac knob Mac knob blades. Oh, so M A C N A B knives. Mac knob says uh, it's time to be able to start my housework two by seventy two belt grinder, and I've had it for months now. So he needs a little bit of time to get that done. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Farshid over in Iran, he says he needs some money, which absolutely everybody needs money. Yeah. Um, Messer, Tim Messer over at Messer Woodworks says more tools for his new workspace, which I dig a lot. I can always get behind more tools. Uh, the Big Oki, he says he would like to have lunch with me. And that came up a couple of times. People said they wanted to have lunch with me, which nice. is actually cool. pretty cool. Come down yeah. to Florida. Let's have lunch. 
Baltic Blade says he needs more clients, and that's something that comes with time. Absolutely. Totally agree. I don't know if Santa can bring mm-hmm. more clients, but you could always ask him. You never know. You never know. A marketing this is package. A- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, Alexander Abel uh, from Abel Mage, Abel Made Forge says he needs more time. I'm with him. Time is something also a lot of people have said that they yeah. need more of. And I think it's because and I think the misnomer, too, is like even like guys like me who work for ourselves or, you know, people that do work for themselves and, and are not, um, say, going to a day job every day. Believe it or not, yeah. I need more time. <laughs> well, I'm like one of those guys. I'm the busiest dude you'll ever meet. Like I'm running yep. around like crazy. And COVID's the- done a lot of weird shit with time, you know, like, I don't know. It's. My perception of it, I think, is really twisted these days, and that makes it even harder, right? Like, the time I have, yeah. I'm not utilizing to the fullest. <laughs> I think you're right. I think I, it gave me a kind of, in the beginning, gave me an excuse to not do some stuff. Oh, no know? doubt. I just yeah. used it as an excuse to slack a little bit. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff that's come from it, but it's also a lot of really negative things. A lot of well. shit show, yeah. 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 For sure. The the art of craftsmanship are good friends over at the art of craftsmanship. Dustin and Devin says they, they need, and I'm assuming again, that this is Dustin. <laughs> he says a good anvil and maybe, uh, he wants it to be 150 to 200 pounds, which that would be an awesome thing. So no if you so have 150 much. to 200 pound anvil somewhere in the Baltimore area, then you'd like to deliver it to the art of craftsmanship. Hit us up. Um, crafting the life I want, uh, our friend Sean Porter over at crafting the life I want. He said he, wa- he wants the same thing. He needs a, he needs an anvil. And, uh, and, uh, I think he mentioned something on Facebook too. I'll have to go over there. Um, Mr. Bono Jr. says a PS five. I'm with you, Mr. Bono Jr. I play battlefield on the regular when I have free time and I love it. And I can't wait to, for the PS five to, become available because nice. i can't i can't seem to get my hands on one right now we're uh we're we're wishing for the new zelda game in our house i i i'm i don't play but jack what do you play that like, on he has a nintendo switch ah the switch which is an interesting one because it's like gaming now with like a, a device like the switch is a solo uh experience you know when Right. When I was playing video games as a kid, you always played with a buddy. You know, you would con- try yeah. to convince your old man to come sit down and play with me. Now it's right. like, fuck you. I'm going to my room playing my video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? my 11 year old is playing Grand Theft Auto, and I don't know how I feel about that, but he's also very into it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, he's Sam almost 12. That on YouTube the other day and came over and he's like god i want to download this game it's awesome look you get to race cars and i was like yeah and slap whores and <laughs> steal money and <laughs> like no no sam <laughs> no you're only five years game. old yeah you <laughs> when need you're to be six. at least eight yeah exactly exactly you need to be at least six years old to play grand theft auto <laughs> let me see they that link. setting i don't know they still made you it turn a, you could turn the uh the whore setting off on <laughs> right. grand theft auto i know that would be great I can just not allow my 12-year-old to bang whores in a video game, please. <laughs> Is that possible? There, there are some games like that, though, that like could be really good. You know, parts of it could be really good. but Listen, well, not spend- Grand Theft Auto, as a concept, is so fun. And, it, and when I was in college, this was like 15, 
maybe even longer, 20 years ago, there was a game called Carmageddon that was just oh, like, yeah. it, it almost is almost an exact copy of Grand Theft yeah. Auto. But <laughs> the objective was to kill as many pedestrians as possible. So like you're oh, running nice. you're, and you're, you know, you're driving yep. into people. Can you imagine if that was released today? <laughs> right. Like, how did this even exist? I know. It was so much fun, though, by the way. I had a blast playing uh, it. I'm not a psychopath. I am not a psychopath. Right. <laughs> I had a blast playing it, though. Road Rage PG, is a real thing. Uh, it was very cathartic. PG-13 in the 80s is like R-rated today. You know, it's, it's weird totally. how that is. And you wouldn't necessarily weird. think history would work that way, but... It's it's yeah, really go backwards. I don't yeah. know. I, I can't I can't fathom that, but we have. Well, and the new Zelda game got rated T for teen, which of course oh. when you have a ten year old, that's a little bit of a drama. So yep. daddy had to talk to mama and figure it all out. I told you him negotiate. I like, you owe me one, dude. Yeah. You owe me one. <laughs> You're like, listen, I had to approach the vice president about this. And <laughs> right. She had to stamp it. The stamp yeah. of approval came from we, her. We or is she? To, no, she's the president. She's got to yeah. be the president, right? We yeah. voted the veto, the uh, the T for teen. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's I moving know. into the House of Representatives. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, quite, quite, quite. Grandma and Grandpa the board, are the but... Senate. Yeah. <laughs> Kestrel seventy five says, Brian, it's a toss up. Santa can bring me a two by seventy two like the Revolution or a swift end to twenty twenty. Something tells me twenty twenty is. That, that minute go. that it rolls over to January 1 is not a lot going to change. But we'll Groundhog's see. Day all over yeah. again. Butcher Jones Knives says the revolution grinder that tilts to horizontal. Man, there seems to be a lot of people Ooh. out here that want a revolution. That's, Where do they hear I, about I all this shit? I don't know. <laughs> MFIND Designs, he says he wants a grizzly milling machine. Uh, yes. Uh, nice. Grizzly makes some awesome milling machines, actually. Yeah. Some really great ones. Um, Ben makes says he wants lunch with Brian, Ben, we're going to make that happen at some point, very in the near future. As long as COVID doesn't ruin it, we are definitely getting together for lunch. Uh, my buddy, Nick over at pickle cutters says Santa needs to bring him a kiln. He needs a kiln. Ooh. Start looking on Craigslist. You can do a conversion like my buddy, Joshua Perkins just did. He followed my video and did the, did the conversion of the, um, the ceramic kiln. Uh, to a uh, PID-controlled kiln so you mm-hmm. can heat-treat blades in the, in there. Uh, Bent Llama, my buddy Nate, says he needs a larger workspace. 3D Maker Zone says he's thought about it, and all the things he can come up with, he needs more time. And that's real common. Everybody needs more time. Amen. Uh, ben, Ben's Bite says the same thing. He needs more time and more clients. Uh, uh, Rusendahl works. Uh, his wife says... Uh, that he better pick her to be uh, delivered to him for Christmas. (laughs) And he says, I will accept that. And in addition, I would like some crayfish. There you go. And I'm thinking they're Australian. (laughs) I'm fairly certain Chris is in in Australia. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, crayfish in Australia, I believe are lobster. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I think. Not, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Crawdads so, like, or whatever. Crayf- yeah, crawdads <clears throat> in the U.S. are like small little ones, but yeah. I think that's what he's talking about. And his wife's Instagram handle is hilarious. It's whiskey.dick. 
which I think is absolutely <laughs> the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. The infamous Jeff Fader from Fader Knives, he would like a coronavirus vaccine, and I agree with you, Jeff. I am with you. His wife is on the front lines every day yeah. dealing with that. Um, all right, so let's I, – I don't even know if we're going to have time to switch over – well, you know, I'll go, I'll switch over to the work for it dot podcast Instagram feed go. and we'll see. So if you, if you're familiar with my feed, make sure you're following work for it dot podcast also. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So let's go over there. Jesus. Holy shit. There's a lot of comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so on that one, there's 32 comments. <laughs> Okay. No way. (laughs) So Mammoth Creek Knives says motivation. He needs lots of motivation. Gant Forge Works says he needs a a house with a shop. Now, Gant Gant Forge Works, I got to tell you, you got that backwards. You need a workshop with a house attached to it. Yeah. Amen. That's what I need. Uh, The Exodus Craftsman says a really nice tactical vest with a leather apron and plenty of pockets. Uh, I'm with you on the leather apron i I could use an upgrade uh who was it hoffman uh blacksmithing they're making um cool leather uh aprons now so go check out uh, hoffman yeah they're making their own they're really cool they look really nice they look like they're like six seven ounce thick you know hand stitched leather they look amazing Um, nice i've made a few and they're fun to make you've made those yeah i've made two different uh leather aprons now in fact, I've got a pattern for sale. I don't know if I have the pattern for sale on my Etsy or if that's just the kids' pattern. But um, yeah, I think I'd like leather. to try my hand at that. It's really maybe fun. you can walk me through it. Yeah, yeah, I, it doesn't take I'm, a whole lot either. Yeah, I'm. I don't care for leather work as much in the in regards to the um, the. Uh, like sheathing, you know, making sheaths yeah. for knives because it's so it's so restrictive. You know, you have to really yep. fit things up. But I do think that I could make things like aprons. Like that would yes. be more. It's a little more free flow. There's not as many constraints. Yep. What's nice too is then you can make it the way you want it. You know. Right. Um, and the two that I've made, I guess I don't have the. I have a a kid sized apron pattern on my Etsy, but I guess I never did put the adult one up there. I I did a. I actually did a series of live streams for Tandy Leather where we walk through making the whole apron. And so you can probably no find kidding. my pattern on Tandy's website, I would bet. <laughs> my buddy Matt used to work for Tandy Leather, the guy that does oh, nice. the shipping. Yeah. Yeah. He's he used to be I don't know if he worked like in one of their stores or one of their warehouses or what, but I know he did oh, he cool. taught classes. Yeah, he taught classes for Tandy. Yeah, Ian I did. Maz says he would like leather working tools. Nice. Or he wants the COVID to go away so that life can get back to normal and we can see friends and family again. I am with you, Ian. I am over this shit. I'm just going to say it right no, now. Fuck COVID. It. Fuck it. Yes. Fuck COVID right now. Right, right in the, the dick ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> Raven Wick in the hammer says he'd like to have a threesome, but he's not sure if that would count as one, two, or three things. I think that counts as a single experience in my <laughs> yeah, my book. A, a one for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, there's two so, people you know, involved no matter what Santa brings you, but Hey, you never case, know. You might want to just ask Santa if he could hook you up with <laughs> Mrs. Claus and you guys can you know, get a little freaky, <laughs> all, all three of you. 
Ooh, take you to the North Pole. Picture that. Put that in your head. <laughs> for a minute. There you go. Did I just ruin Those it for spectacles. you? Spectacles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Santa's beard is in the way. Oh, it's tickles. Ugh. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Uh, my buddy Joshua Perkins says he needs a surface grinding attachment for his 2x72 Revolution and a 12-ton press. I was thinking we go up a, another peg and get you a 24-ton press, Josh. Mm-hmm. Let's think big. <laughs> Rusendahl Works says, I'm getting an early gift, and that is a folding knife. Oh, a folding knife course at Barnett Ooh. Custom Knives. Three days to learn a lifetime skill. Uh, Chris actually sent me um, photos from a class he took uh, in, in, it must have been a few months ago, and it looked really awesome. It was a knife-making, like, forging class, and um, I'm hoping once COVID gets over with, I have a deposit in to go hang out with uh, Jonathan Porter over at Doghouse Forge and do the same oh, thing. Oh, cool. Because he's close to me. He's, like, you know, a few hours away. And uh, yeah. the class I was supposed to take was, like, late March. So it, Of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Scott Wilkerson, he says a he needs a drill doctor 750, and he says Mr. House showed us one time how to use that before on the YouTubes. I did, and I love mine. I use it almost every day. I sharpen my own drill bits with it. I actually sharpen my big drill bits on my grinder, my two by seventy two. Oh, In cool. fact, that that is a video I was thinking about making. Um, yeah, that'd be a, good. A, a lot of people don't realize it, but you can sharpen big big uh not you can even sharpen little ones too you know mm-hmm. little tiny drill drill bits on um yeah you know, things so i've just looked he also into says um, that oh go, ahead. oh go ahead oh i say I, I just looked into well and just got the stuff have you ever heard of the scary sharp sharpening method i think it's uh, you're talking about the paper wheel <clears throat> well not paper wheel and and maybe it's um there might be multiple ways to do it, but an MDF or for like um, hand plane blades or chisels is what I see it most in woodworking. And it uses 3M makes this, uh, it's called a lapping film. And so it's, it's like a sandpaper, right? But then what you use is are pieces of float glass because float glass is perfectly flat. Okay. And... Um, so it, they, I can't remember exactly how they make it, but they, it, it's made on a layer of like liquid tin or something. And so it's literally as flat, you know, as the surface of the earth at the point where it's made. Um, and so you use that and then you put some of this 3M paper on top of it. It's got like adhesive back and this 3M paper is so precise in its grit that they don't even print the grit name on the back of the paper because that the ink would change the you know would change the uh thickness or whatever but so i've got all these sheets of it here and yeah you just stick it on and i think i was reading one of them is like it was like sixty thousand grit or something you know just minuscule um so i'm curious to see how how it works i don't know that you could take something from very very dull to sharp but yeah we'll see how you it could works get it, you could you could get it sharp on another device right and then yeah so and like then go close on to 
Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I'd love to see you do it. So if you get around to it, um, yeah. make a video, make a video. I'll see that, how that sounds could, awesome. It'd be neat to see how you could adapt it to knives, you know, cause right now it's mostly chisels and yeah. Stuff that's like super and a half flat. degree angle, 30 degree yeah, exactly. angle. Yeah. yeah. I upgraded my sharpening game this year to a Tormek, uh, nice. Tormek T8. Yeah. It was, it's still in the box, but it's like, yeah, I'm itching. I wanted to get done with the workbench project and everything. I got that done. Well, I'm, it's always a work in progress. I'm, I'm outfitting my workshop and filming the process while I'm doing it. So I'm like, you know, my next step is put wall control up. You know, we talked about that and all that, but, um, I'm actually today in the middle of filming a, um, the process of hanging this Wilton vice, which is that nice. rapid vice we talked yep. about in the last episode. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, of course this thing has been sitting in my shop for like, you know, a month and a half or something. And I haven't mounted it because I've wanted to film the process when of course I had to build the workbench and, you know, do all yeah. these other things I got, you know, at the, the, the people who all said they need time, right? This is the yeah, problem, yeah. right? This is four fucking bolts, four lag bolts that I got to put up in the bottom of my workbench. And yes. And so now, you know, of course there's a narrative here, you know, cause I'm talking about the process of. Yes, I'm filming myself hanging a vice. It makes no sense. Why would you do this? It's a very simple process. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. Because if you talk, no. if you think about it, you have to really think about where you're putting it, number one. And you also have to think about um, they require three inches of surface, uh, contact surface between the yeah. vice and the bench or total. So you have to have three yeah. total inches, right? And I'm thinking, I don't have three inches. My workbench top is not three inches. So now I'm making spacers, you know, to go between the vent, the the bench vice and the and the bench. Um, right. And I decided to do it with that PVC trim material. You know oh, cool. what I'm talking yep. about? Yep, I do. Because I wanted it to be somewhat f- not flexible, but um, there's a little bit of give with that stuff. Yep. But it will never rot. I mean, you know, right. so I'm that doing that. That's really cool. It is really cool. I, I bought a bunch of it to, to trim out the inside of my workshop because I wanted to be able to hose it down in here if I ever wanted to do like a oh, deep clean. Oh, yeah. Perfect. It's all plastic, so it won't, you know, won't screw anything up. Heck so yeah. I'm doing that, and I'm filming it, and it's taking forever. And then, of course, my dad came by the shop today, which they're back in Florida now. They're snowbirds, oh, so cool. they spend half their year up in Illinois and the other half down here. Well, you know, of course, now I'm in the middle of something and rap, 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 rap on my door. You know, it's my dad. He's, you know, he's bringing me. This is my dad's MO. So he's the best, right? He shows up with a box of friggin' tools. You know, he's like, hey, I'm clean. I got some duplicates here, you know, and I'm right. like, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? Let's just give him to Dexter because, you, you know, right. I've got a lot of his hand-me-downs over the years, which I yeah. still use. And heck yeah, real, real quick, because I know we, we were, we're limited on time today, but uh he he gave me this hammer probably i don't know 25 years ago and i'm and, and i was using it to take the crate apart for the induction forge uh-huh. and he says oh you know that used to be my hammer i said yeah i know and there's a huge dent in the front of the hammer uh handle cuz the hammer <laughs> handle's a, steel dent the fucking front of a hammer <laughs> yeah and he goes he goes you know how that dent got there and he tells me the story you know about how this <laughs> right. big dent got in this You're hammer you've been wondering was, forever i'm look i've used that hammer hundreds of times not knowing the history behind the, that dent so right no and and uh, it makes it makes me uh feel good and sad at the same time cuz you know right. my dad's getting older and stuff so you know you think yeah. like 
how much longer am I going to have him around? You know, but uh, yeah. he, he's a he's a workhorse, so he'll probably live to be 150. He'll probably outlive too, me to be too honest, stubborn so. to die. You know, like, oh dude, yeah. the guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's all right, fun. so I, I, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I know I'm. I was, I'm, I was going to say <laughs> that we could switch to Facebook, but we're going to run out of time because we don't probably. have a ton of time today. So we want to shift into the who's hot topic. Who's hot? Ooh, kind of a new one for us, right? Exactly. This is a thing that you brought up. So why don't you explain what we're going to be doing with the who's hot thing? The the, the segment. I think, so I, I actually, believe it or not, I actually ran a podcast for a very short while. I think we put out like four episodes. It was called Woodfellas. You can still find it on iTunes. That's a great freaking name, by the way. It, I it was awesome. I love I it. Love the, like I love the film. Goodfellas is a great film. I'm tempted you know? to change my Instagram handle to just that because... <laughs> it's a great name. I know. But anyway, so... And when we started the podcast, it was really kind of fun because it was before any of us on the show had any kind of a following, you know, we just said, fuck it. We're going to, we want to make a podcast. We're going to make a podcast. And there were a couple guys that ended up being like six guys on it. It was crazy. It was, and that's part of its downfall. But um, anyway, what, what we would do is we made a point because everybody, it seems on podcasts does these shout outs, right? And they want to shout out a maker and, on any given podcast you listen to, you're going to hear any one of the top YouTubers or Instagrammers mentioned. And so we made a rule um, that whoever you shouted out had to have less than 3,000 followers. You know, at the time was what we came up with this arbitrarily. It was like, no, we want to shout out people because... In, in so many ways, right? And we all know this, but it doesn't always play out this way. Like the number of followers you have on a social media platform has literally no bearing on how well you can make shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> like none at all. Um, and so it was kind of a fun way um, to just shout out, you know, folks who we thought weren't getting enough attention, so to speak. And so I thought it might be kind of fun, you know, maybe not quite the rigid sideboards, but just to shout out some folks that we might think uh, aren't getting enough love on the socials and see. If I, they I have get, a shout out more. if you don't mind, right? Right. Yeah, now. Go for I don't it. know if anybody's heard of this guy because it's, you know, he's very obscure and, um, you know, not not a lot of followers. Uh, his name is Jimmy Duresta. I don't know if yeah, right. found oh, Jimmy Duresta. Oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Wrangler Star. Has anybody ever heard of Wrangler right, Star? Right, Wrangler Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is, is the problem. so true, right? Because like, we're all like, uh, have you seen um, – this is a really obscure maker. His name is Adam Savage. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've become this weird clique, right? And so it was kind of a fun oh, way yeah. to like – like kick it, kick the can down the road, and be like, "Nope, not not gonna play that game." Let's. I actually do have a legit. I have a do have a legit yeah. shout out. So, um, I met this guy through an e- in an email thread um, between okay. myself, him, and a guy named Pete, uh, who lives in the UK, and Pete's nice. a follower of mine, and 
periodically. I just get emails from Pete and, um, you know, he shares with me his journey and making things and makes knives. And, nice. And it, yeah, it's such a cool thing. And um, so he copied Aaron in on one of these emails. I didn't know who Aaron was, but we all started kind of BSing back and forth and sharing ideas, whatever. And then um, Pete says, you got to go check out Aaron's channel. Aaron doesn't have a ton of followers, but his content is super primo good. In fact, I think he's going to be like one of those guys that gets to the yeah. the, the Jimmy Duresta level at some point. Um, you know, nice. it's hard as yep. hell to do that now, but I think he is. And the reason is, yeah. is because he's super simple. He shows super simple concepts, easy to follow, and his editing yeah. is good. And it, he brings the value, which is like right. 90% of the game. Uh, so yeah. go check out Aaron Lee Knives, and he he spells it A I R I N Lee Knives, or on Instagram it's A Lee, so A L E E Knives. And uh, I'll also put links to his YouTube channel and his Instagram in the show notes uh, because um, it's just easier. Just go down to the show notes and click that, yeah. and go right through there. Give him a follow. Follow him on YouTube. He inspired me to actually attempt my first San Mai. So. Nice. Um, he made his last video about just putting a sand my knife together. He's such a humble uh, human being, um, and he's so fun to watch work. So uh, I think everybody Sweet. can learn something from Aaron. So that's my shout out. That's my who's hot on work. Yeah, for yeah, love it. We'll get you have we'll get one theme music later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do need do. theme music. We need something like. We, Is it Craig that's I, always just paying for those? Out. Uh, on does Craig take care of that on Knife Talk? He does. Like, he like, has, hey, um, man, and he I has that announcer. He's like, contact us on D <laughs> over DM. Knife no. Talk, Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. See, he Craig, you don't have to pay guy. somebody. You got call me, you. Craig. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do. I'll do one for Work for It. Contact us via DM at workforit.podcast. It's that easy. <laughs> there you go. One take. One take. I love it. That's why I make Hell the Hell yeah. Bucks. Fire that other guy that sounds like fucking Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know. He's tough. It's, as, as dumb as he tough. is, he's tough to yeah. duplicate. But I can't do Harry <laughs> Carey. There you, you go. Know, contact us via DM. <laughs> Work for that podcast. It's that easy. <laughs> That's so awesome. Holy cow. <laughs> All right. So, so who's your guy? All right. My guy is Dino. Dino at Kuro's Carpentry. Kuro's and Carpentry. Yeah. So this Where guy. Where find him? So he makes and uh, so I, he has a cabinet shop and he does a bunch of, you know, makes tons of kitchen cabinets. Can you but, spell it for me so I can find it? K O right yeah K O U R O S carpentry. I got, it. I got him. And so Dino makes vacuum pads. Now what the fuck is a vacuum oh, pad? Oh, this dude <laughs> totally. I know. What yeah. You're doing. Oh yeah. So Festool so and there's cool. a few other like big time tool companies that are making vacuum clamps or vacuum clamping systems. And every time I've seen them, I've gone, fuck, that is so simple. Like, yeah. you know, if you have something that can act as a pseudo suction cup and a small vacuum pump, you can have a vacuum clamp. It's not that hard. 
you know, you're just suctioning ply- pieces of plywood to a pad. Well, Dino put it together, you know, and he said, here, buy them. <laughs> so he makes these vac pads. They're like a That's six awesome. by eight and an eight by 10, I think. And they're not is. expensive. I actually went to no. his website, looked it up. They're like 65 bucks and it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's absolutely To buy good. the whole Festool system with, I think it comes with, uh, one or two clamp pads and the vacuum and a little pivoting arm thing, right? They, it's like over 16 or almost 1800 bucks. You buy it from Dino and Come you're on. at like 400. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And a lot of knife guys have vacuum. They already have the vacuum pump because pump. we do a lot of stabili- stabilizing. Exactly. So I, I assume that if, and I don't know how this would work with knives because of the size difference, but I assume yeah. if you made a smaller one, what he was saying, I watched a few of his videos on YouTube about it. Yep. He was saying the bigger ones work better because of surface area. Surface area, And it yeah. makes sense. So maybe, yep. I don't know, maybe you could try to find, you know, knife guys don't, it would be interesting to see how it would work in the knife uh, world because a lot yeah. of guys don't have a way to mount down uh, a knife for hand sanding. Right, where right. You're like, yeah. Well, you could sand the whole friggin' blade without having and a whole nothing have a clamp in the way. Yeah. yeah, nothing in the way, and that's what's nice. Like for carpentry, if you're making, say, a cabinet door, um, and you want to route all the way around the perimeter of it, you know, and you just set this thing down, yeah. and it's stuck to your workbench, and um, so yeah. Covered, so I'm wondering too if you covered it. In like not the suction part, but like the outside part, in some sort of you know figured out a way to do it, you could use it for painting too, because you could just oh, suction totally. these things right up to a wall even, and you yep. could just spray it, exactly. them down, exactly spray them down, and yeah. So I've I got two of them in my shop now, and I like I just picked up a cheapo you know ninety dollar uh, vacuum pump from the the Harbor Freger, and uh, and it works freight. great. And hobo I have a little fright, remote, the store. Hobo Fright. Yeah. I got a little remote for it. Awesome. But so I started chatting with Dino a while back. Uh, it was before Black Friday, I think. He did pretty well on Black Friday. He, he got a lot of folks interested. And just, you know, in my mind, sort of like your your belt, you know, your, your 2 by 72 it's, it's makers who make, how did I put it? Like makers who make things that make things <laughs> right you make tools to help make other tools yeah that make help the, help yeah that you make the tools that make the things and uh if we can support that then he also came up with a portable vacuum pad and and he's running it all off of uh like a Milwaukee or a cordless tool battery basically oh which cool is crazy he's got it all in a little toolbox um so you can take it on site but the possibilities i, I think are endless and i uh, see a so lot of success Dino. for him i i really do and i hope so couldn't ask it for yeah. a better guy seems like a really decent no guy. he's so nice just the nicest guy in the world and you know i think guys like that i just to me are like the gold nuggets of of the internet you know this guy has more creative ideas for solving problems. He's got a few other videos from his shop, you know, like with the paint booth that he made and just different shit. Like this guy, you know, probably has more wit than most engineers in huge factories. And, you know, he's 
Just the humble his cabinet shop is maker. Kick ass too. Like his, it is his really nice. Is kick ass. Yeah. yeah, it's a great, great space. Um, okay, real quick because we're 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 at the last few minutes of our recording yep. time here. Um, I wanted to shout out one more um, show on the Makery Network. Uh, which is um, you turned me on to it, even though I'm we're on the makery. I don't know. I mean, yeah, of I course, I know other the shows, but I haven't like but done, you know, gotten really deep so into some much. of the other shows. But the Maker Life with the Wood Pastor yeah. Cunningham Woodworks and uh, talk. Let's see what who is it? It's Brad, Steve, uh, and Chris, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. Uh, from Wood the Pastor Cunningham Woodwork and Project Build stuff. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. So those three guys got together. Craig uh, talked to them about coming on the uh, Makery Network. And uh, I listened to my first episode today. And it's really good. Those guys have a really great um, uh, chemistry and energy. And I really like what they were talking about. Real world shit, like talking about the projects that they're working on and how much they sell them for and all that stuff. So, Go over to makery.network or go to your favorite podcast platform and look up the Maker Life. It is populating now on Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other ones. I looked it all up. And nice. They're all there. Um, and they've got a ton of episodes. They, they dropped six. like a six pack. Out yeah, the they're gate. dropping three at a time. I, you know, I'm I'm wondering yeah. if that's you know maybe they should trickle them out. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't how know. That should go, but as um, as two guys that have had to repeat a recording. Uh, at least once. I don't know that I would like to do that. Why would you Brian? bring that up? I don't understand. What are you talking about? Everything's perfect here. We didn't have to re-record this episode. What do you mean? It was surprisingly not as hard as I thought it would be. It is not hard. And in fact, we did it better the second time. I, think. I know we did. So. <laughs> we had technical difficulties, folks, just letting you in on this inside joke. We, uh, we, this is the second time around we've had to record this because we did have a little bit of a tech. It's, it's, you yeah. know what? When we recorded this yesterday, it started off as a shit sandwich because we couldn't it get did. any of the audio working. And then it was like yeah. we cobbed it together. And, and yep. now it's like, yeah, it's better now. So, well, listen, yeah. let's wrap this thing up. Uh, you've got places to be. I'm a very important person. I need to go places right, and man. do things, you know. So, I mean, come on, yeah, right? Buddy. So, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the Work For it podcast. Brian and Ben putting the metal and the wood into your workshop every week, right here Ooh. on the Bakery Network. That's right. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up via DM over at the Work For It podcast. Instagram, uh, it's that easy. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for for contributing to what we have going on right here on our podcast. We appreciate you and uh, have an awesome week. Yeah. Yeah, baby. We'll see you on the flip side. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.